everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances and they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. I'm your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's so good to be back here this week on The Soul Anchor. And today I just have some anchor thoughts for you. As you know, this coming weekend is Mother's Day. And when you hear the word Mother's Day, it can conjure up all kinds of emotions for all women. It's not always a happy day for some women. For some women, it's a marvelous day. They're celebrated. For some moms, it's not so great. It can be reminders of painful relationships or being not being remembered or moms who long to be moms and have not had that opportunity to actually bear children and are single single moms uh, are you know single moms carrying the weight of that and just all kinds of women that are experiencing so you know i want to focus on today just celebrating all women right celebrating all women and And I know that, you know, there's kind of two sides to this. There's two sides to this because we say, well, you know, moms need to have a day to be celebrated. And, you know, yes, that's true, but also it can leave out a lot of people and at times. And so I think, I think, you know, for me, as I've grown through the years and I'm trying to understand, you know, I was a mom from a very young age. And so I never really felt the pain of what it was like to, want to have children and not being able to have children. I I didn't experience that. I had a season of infertility, but not really, you know, not having to bear the weight and the pain of not being able to have children. And, and so, you know, it took me a long time to, because it's so easy in our world to say, oh, what's your family? Do you have kids? You know, and then and, and then, you know, you're, you're kind of in that awkward pause. Okay. They don't have kids. I wonder why they don't have kids, or maybe they're not able to have kids, or maybe they're not interested in having, you know, all those things that go down our path in our mind and can be kind of awkward. And so I just, I just want to remove that a little bit today and focus on more of a celebrating um, who God made us to be as women and that when there is those missing places in our lives and when the world is screaming mother's day gifts and, you know, just preparing our hearts for, as we lead up to that. And I've shared many, many times on this podcast that I haven't always had a great relationship with my mom. Now, my mom is graduated to heaven four years ago. And I found myself just this last month in April Uh, we're already in May, but just last month, I found myself walking by the beach, which is my favorite place to walk and talk to Jesus. And just having an overwhelming sadness of missing my mom. And, you know, it's kind of funny, because my mom and I were kind of like oil and water. 
And yet I found myself missing her, just missing the fact of having a mom, even though I could have a mom to spar with, I suppose. And, but just a mom to talk on the phone with about recipes and all of that. And I just found that, you know, I I just was sad. You know, I just took that day just to kind of talk to God about it and realize that as, as hard of a relationship at times that I had with my mom, I still miss her. And I think that's, you know, I think that's pretty normal uh, for most of us, even though we've had tough times with people we can, we have, you know, they're a part of our heart and we're a part of theirs. And so we can definitely have those um, issues at times. But I want to share with you an excerpt from a writing that is a part of a compilation she writes for him, Stories of Living Hope, where I actually wrote about my mom and the title of the chapter is God is Enough, because I realized through the process of losing my mom, my mom died from cancer, that I really had to understand that what the greatest gift is that my mom gave me is that she taught me that God was enough, that she wasn't able to give me what I needed as a daughter or what I felt I needed as a daughter. I know she loved me. But she did teach me that Jesus was enough in every circumstance. And so I'm really, really grateful to her for that legacy. But I wanted to share this story with you that I wrote um, as we think about Mother's Day. And maybe this will, some of you will resonate with this and relate. Others of you may not at all. You might just have an amazing relationship with your mom. and, And I celebrate that with you. But I know there's lots of us that do have these mother kind of wounds. And so how do we process that when it comes to be Mother's Day? And I can remember many times going to the store and trying to pick out the right card for my mom because I couldn't find a card that fit her exactly because I couldn't reconcile within myself that what was saying the words on the card didn't reflect accurately what I was feeling inside towards my mom. And so that became a challenge sometimes of just looking to find the right card that would honor my mom as my mother. So let me just share this story with you. It's called God is Enough. I was walking in the door with my sister and my aunt after a long flight. I saw my mother in a chair, frail and weak, wrapped in a blanket. She looked straight at me, her eyes seemingly boring into my soul. Honestly, it just, when I walked in the door, that's what it was like. And in a harsh tone, she asked me, why have you come? Your behavior will have consequences. You know, when my mom was upset with my sisters and I, when we were young, her eyes seemed to turn black and she would like raise one eyebrow And nothing had changed in that moment, even though I was a grown woman with grown children, and I felt like a small child in that moment being scolded because I just wanted to be near my dying mother. Several weeks earlier, she'd been diagnosed with cancer, and she refused any treatment, and she told us that it wouldn't be long before she left us. And she was actually quite anxious to leave us to go to heaven as we all should be, right? This earth is not our home. But as she continued to lock her gaze on me, I replied to her. I said, mom, I came to be near you and to spend some time with you. Well, she didn't respond. And I was really reeling from the shock at her greeting. So I stumbled into the bathroom. I left my sister and my aunt at her side. And in the safety of that small room in my parents' house, I began to weep. And I cried out to God, 
doubting there would ever be any reconciliation with my mom and desperate for at least a scrap of acceptance from her. I had come home because I loved her and yet I was met with rebuke. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I tried to excuse her behavior because I knew she was suffering and I knew she was on pain medication. And yet it was reminiscent of many episodes of her hurtful words to me. You know, it was difficult watching the days go by during our visit. The house was full of bustling with hospice nurses and friends stopping by. And I felt bad for my dad because, you know, he often would sit on the porch and he was lonely and trying to grab as many moments with his bride as possible. But often, you know, he was swept away by caregivers and nurses as they tried to make my mom as comfortable as possible. I too, like my dad, longed for a few minutes to be alone with her. But since her hospital bed was set up downstairs in the family room in the center of their small A-frame house, it was really next to impossible. We took turns singing to her and sitting by her side to read, but there were always others nearby, it seemed. But one day, a few days before I had to go back home, the house was really quiet and relatively empty. And I thought to myself, this is my chance to talk to my mom by myself. There was so much that I wanted to say to her. You know, I read a chapter from my latest book at the time on the story of Job and the suffering that was days away from being released, which was, I'm speaking of my mother here. I was telling her the story of Job in the book. And with tears streaming down her face, she said, this is good. This is really good. And then she said, I'm so proud of you. You know, I knew that she loved me in her own way, but I also understood that my mom was broken. And I've shared pieces of this with you as my listeners that my mom spent most of her childhood during the Second World War in Europe, much like what we're seeing happening in the Ukraine right now. And at one point, the family lived in a refugee camp before she immigrated to the United States when she was just 12 years old. She had witnessed firsthand what no child should have to experience and endured trauma that left deep scars. Because of this, I had learned to accept, I came to realization, actually, I think I was in my, in my 30s, that for whatever reason, she was incapable of giving me what I thought I needed as a daughter. I'd spent many, many hours in counseling and after many futile attempts to gain her love and acceptance, you know, what was going through my mind when she said that to me after I read her that portion of the book is thinking like, now she's finally telling me how proud she is of me. I couldn't even respond in that moment. And then she said to me, you do know I'm proud of you, right? She said when I didn't answer and I had to be honest with her. No, mom, I really don't. And that point, tears started to roll down the side of her face as she locked eyes with me again. And this time, I looked into eyes filled with kindness and regret. Through my own tears, I gently said, Mom, I forgive you. You know, we didn't unpack all of our relational pain and frustration at that moment, but this was enough. And it was enough for right then, for now. And I knew that God had answered my prayers to give me peace and probably her peace as well. So as I drove back to my friend's house that night where I was staying, I wept, I cried. 
I knew that she would die soon. And so I had already resigned myself before I showed up on the doorstep that there would not be no resolve or acceptance from my mother, this side of heaven. I'd already given those expectations to God, but God gave me this small gift on her deathbed and I embraced her kind words. You know, it didn't erase all the unresolved emotional um, pain, but this still was a gift of grace to me. You know, this story, when we are mistreated or don't feel loved or accepted in the way that we want to be at the hands of someone that is supposed to be loving to us, reminds me of the story in Genesis 16 of Sarah and Hagar's rivalry. If you know the story in Genesis 16, you know that Sarah was married to Abraham and she couldn't conceive a child, even though God had visited them, Abraham and Sarah, and told them very clearly that she was going to have a child. But it took a long, long time from the time that God revealed that to Abraham until Sarah actually held the baby in her hand. And so God promised that to her, that they would have a child, but she became impatient. And what did she do? She, to speed things up, she decided that she would have a son through her servant, Hagar. And that was actually quite common in those days. If the wife could not have a child, then the servant would produce the child for the parents, right? And because she was a barren wife, it was the custom in those ancient times. So Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham to sleep with her so that she could conceive a child through Hagar. So when Hagar got pregnant, Sarah complained. And she said in Genesis 16, five, she said, she looked on me with contempt. So Hagar flaunted her pregnancy in front of her mistress. And in turn, she was harshly treated by Sarah and fled alone into the desert. But God sent an angel to Hagar who gave her a promise and told her she would have a son and he would be a great man. I love that about God, right? I just love that. But in reply, Hagar said, you are a God of seeing. She added, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Genesis 16 and verse 13. So when we are treated harshly or we don't feel like we're getting what we need from a relationship and whether that be a mother-daughter relationship, a husband-wife relationship, a friendship, a sibling when we're treated harshly by those we love, and in particular our parents, you know, we can spend our whole lives looking for acceptance. I know how many women have I talked to that we have felt that we've been on this journey to feel accepted because we haven't been by one or both parents, but God sees, he does. So, you know, in Sarah's case, you know, she was actually probably verbally and emotionally hurtful, abusive words towards Hagar, and that left deep wounds and scars, but God still saw that, and that can leave a trail of hurt for us as well, and it can cripple a person's ability to have a healthy identity unless we surrender that and get our identity from Jesus, right? But God sees so we can also find ourselves alone in the desert and running away from life. And I just want to remind you one more time, but God sees. So in my case, despite my mom's inability to nurture and give acceptance, she had a strong faith and was a prayer warrior. 
After she died, my sister and I, we found reams of her written prayers for her family and those she served. One consolation for me in reading her prayer journal was hearing her tender prayers for my family and me. She wasn't able to verbalize those words to me in person, but she could write them out in a sacred space to God. As I shared this at her memorial, I spoke openly about the oil and water relationship we had, not wanting to divulge dishonoring details. And so I asked God, I said, Lord, please, Jesus, give me a voice to honor my mom at this service. And he helped me to see that we're all broken, some of us more than others. And my mom really had a sincere faith. And I know that she sought God with all of her heart and she prayed fervently. When she was alive, I never really understood how she could have such a healthy prayer life and still be unable to resolve our issues between us, but I had to give that up to God. After her death, God gave me another gift in reflection. He challenged me to focus all the good things about my mom and the legacy she left. So I just want to share those with you. My mom left me her love of music. She introduced me to music as a child. She took me to symphony. She gave me, made sure I had piano lessons and voice lessons because she saw that I had a love of music too. She taught me how to bake and how to use what I love to do like baking to serve others. She taught me how to be responsible and have a heart of integrity. But I have to say the most important gift she gave me was in leading me by example and by letting me know that God is enough. That no human being, no matter how close or intimate, can take the place of God in our lives. She would often tell me, Cindy, that's what she called me, Cindy, God is enough for me. It doesn't matter if people don't understand me. And I was always puzzled by this because I kind of attributed it to a lack of her empathy and her stubborn refusal at times to resolve her relationship issues. But it became very clear in her death. My mom knew exactly what Jesus had done for her, and it was enough. In her mind, it was either God was enough or he wasn't. There was no in-between. It was a choice, and she chose to believe that God is enough. So despite all the hurtful words and the pain between us that I could point to and nurse if I allowed myself to, she gave me this one precious gift, and it really covers everything that happened between us. And, you know, as we ended the service, my sisters and my cousin, we sang, it is well with my soul. And those words have become my solace. So despite the grief of what I wished could have happened, and when I watched other mothers and daughters celebrate their relationship, I'm grateful to God that he's helped me understand this, that in this life, there's nothing more precious and holy than the phrase, God is enough. And so, you know, I just share that with you as a part of my own journey and my own pain of wanting and desiring so deeply to have that kind of mother and daughter relationship. And I can remember one of my friends saying to me, you know, Cynthia, you're just focusing on this one thing that you don't have. But look at all these women that God has placed in your life to be that nurturing peace that your mom could not give you. And it's true. As I begin to think about that, 
you know, my God has given me many, many women in that. One of them in particular is my aunt, my mom's sister. It was the complete opposite of my mom. And she's more like a big sister. She wasn't old enough to be my mom, more like a big sister, but she filled that nurturing role in my life. And also my grandmother, my mother's mom was very nurturing and very, very loving and kind and in different ways than my mom was loving and kind. And then I've had other women in my life, uh, friends, moms as teenagers, women in my life that God gave me that spoke into my life and nurtured me. And so you know, sometimes we have to take our eyes off the one thing we think we don't have and try and think about the different ways that God has provided that for us and showing that he is enough. And so however you're spending Mother's Day this weekend, whether you're a mom, whether you're going to be alone, whether you're feeling alone, whether you're grieving the loss, maybe you have recently lost your mom, or maybe you've lost her relationally, and you don't speak as much as way that you want to. I just really believe that as we look to Jesus to be the author and the finisher of our faith, that he is enough. And just like Hagar, God sees, right? God sees, and he sees that pain and that loneliness in our heart. And he longs to fill that and be that. So I just encourage you to find some kind of a tangible way to act that out this weekend and on Mother's Day or Saturday or Monday after a way that you can reflect and just be grateful and be thankful how God has given you and what he has given you and turning to him and saying, God, this hurts. You know, I, this, this is a hole in my heart and I wish it didn't have to be this way, but God help me to see the other places in my life that you have, you are enough for me and you are going to be enough for me in this situation. And so into the, all the moms who are just going to celebrate and have a great time and don't have any of these issues, I just bless you. I bless you and pray that um, you can be that for your families as well. And, and, and for my single women friends, you know, I just pray to, I pray that God would cover your heart on that day and that you could find something fun to do maybe with other friends or maybe sharing in some child's life that maybe needs that place in their life too. There's all, all different ways, right? All different ways we can find to practice that gratitude and knowing that our God is enough. So let me just close today with just praying for you and just, um, yeah, I'm just going to pray. So God, thank you so much that you are enough for us. I thank you for this story in Genesis 16 about how even though Sarah took matters into her own hand and it impacted and Hagar was harshly treated and she was struggling so much, God, and Sarah was struggling because she so desperately wanted a child. And so, God, I just pray just like you revealed yourself to Hagar, that you would reveal yourself to each woman to know that God, whatever pain or, or struggle that we're suffering in our life is surrounding celebrating Mother's Day or having to walk through the holiday of Mother's Day, God, I just pray that they would know and have a strong sense that you see, you see, you know, and you're right there to be able to encourage and to step in the gap and fill that place, God, that only you can fill in our lives. And so I ask blessing and favor and encouragement over all women. And we just celebrate 
our sisters in Jesus and we celebrate our moms and our grandmas and whatever, whoever in our life, those surrogate moms and surrogate grandmas and aunts as well, God, that you've placed in and around us to show us and reveal yourself to us. So we just ask this in your most precious name. Amen. So I hope today that was a little bit encouraging for you as we step into this weekend. And I know that there's someone that say that I wish I could just skip Sunday, just move from Saturday to Monday. And if that's you, I just pray that God would give you a place and to be able to move through Sunday and be able to just worship him and that he would provide for you. I really believe that. I really believe when we cry out to God with our pain, that he comes right next to us and he stands right next to us and he holds us and he says, I'm here, I'm here, child. You know, I can be enough for you in this moment. And so that's my prayer for you as we close today. So I'm going to say happy Mother's Day, even though happy is going to have a different definition for everyone else. All of us are going to have our own definition of that, but I want to celebrate you as a woman and a creation that you were fearfully and wonderfully made God thinks you're amazing and that you rock and you do make a difference and your influence is making a difference in this world. So I will see you again next week. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Soul Anchor Podcast. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. You'll receive resources from time to time to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing, or sharing this podcast? I would ever be so grateful. Until next time, remember, you're not alone, God is for you, and you will get through this.